podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. And welcome along to this, your October edition of the Reds Review uh, here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. This is, of course, your um, your monthly audio magazine for all things Liverpool Football Club. I'm Andy Wales, joined as ever by the one and only Mr Guy Drinkle, my partner in crime. Oh, Andy, it's been like every day this week, hasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it just feels that way, but yeah, yeah so far it has. <laughs> September, obviously for this we're going to be looking back at everything that's happened within the club uh, September, we've got our monthly awards, we've got some trivia, we've got an update from the academy, an update from uh, LFC Women's we've got our fantasy, we've got our predictions for October, there's so so much going on, it's a, it's a busy podcast but Guy uh, September seen Liverpool lose their unbeaten start to the season in the League Cup and Drop their first points in the Premier League, but I think it's fair to say that this is another positive month for Liverpool, though. Yeah, absolutely, Andy. It's uh, it's it's near perfect. I mean, the League Cup is here or there. I mean, it'd be great if you went on to win it, but I think the old the old saying is you either go out early or you win it, and we've gone out early, which it, it's not perfect. We'd obviously want to win the Carabao Cup or let, let's call it the League Cup for sanity's sake. <laughs> or the Moose Cup or the Reindeer Cup yeah, or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Or Carling Cup. That's, that's, everyone has the one, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's... I would have preferred I would have preferred to have gone out now than rather go have a two-legged semi-final in, in January slash February time. And I think most people would, because um, you you have to win it because it's just it's just pointless. And in terms of the league result, um, the Chelsea game in, in the league was <clears throat> it was a weird game because I think both teams had enough chances for both teams to say they could have won it. But and I think a fa- I think a draw was a fair result, and they definitely provided the toughest test of the season so far. I know we've had Tottenham and PSG in this month that we'll get to, but Chelsea were on. Probably a different level of them two teams, so I think it's fair to say a draw is a good result, especially at Stamford Bridge. Yeah, I think it's. I actually think it's very fair to say. I mean, let, let's go, let's go and pick them up. They're right at the beginning of the month. Two-one uh, away at Leicester. Um, a little bit kind of game of two halves. It wasn't the greatest performance, but again, an, another three points and job done. Yeah, absolutely, and this is this is obviously the game themed for the uh, Allison incident rather than anything else, yeah. isn't it? Um, I can't even, it felt this game felt so long ago. I just had to check who scored. I can't even remember the goals. That's that's how that's how big the Allison incident was. But um, no, I, it, it was just one of them standard games. And if I remember correctly, this is this was Henderson's first start of the season. He he seemed to get a lot of the um, the flack for. Not a not a ten out of ten, not a five star performance that we we saw previously, and we well we all we all know what um, Liverpool Twitter is like. I'm not trying to say how people should support the club and stuff like that, but do people do tend to latch on to players, and we all know that. And I think this is where it started with Henderson this season, unfortunately. But I don't think it was a good day for him. But I honestly couldn't tell you what the goals were like, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right in in sense there that. It, it, Sometimes people can can get a bit too hung up on their personal opinions of of, of certain players, whether that be positive or negative. You know, going over yeah. over the top in criticism or out of their way to, to to defend them. You know, every player has good games, has bad games. Some um, more consistent than others in in the good games, and and when we know some of our players are better than others. Some have um, certain qualities, but I think, look, you know, we have, we all have our ideal first 11, um, but the reality is that they can't start every single game and we are going to have to move the squad around and manage the minutes. Yeah. So, um, sometimes, yeah, it's, 
that the players you might not want to see in the team will get minutes or they are going to be starting fairly regular because you know that there's there's a long whole way to go in this whole season and and I think as well you know the whole thing of the midfield that Kate is not starting every game mm-hmm. and that Fabinho's been very very slowly integrated mm-hmm. I think it's it's a luxury for for Klopp that Milner's I mean, we'll get to, I'll, I'll get to Milner later on, a slight spoiler oh. alert. Oh. Uh, Milner's playing, yes, yeah, Milner's playing the best football of his career, in my opinion. Mm. The fact that it's Milner playing like he is, that Van Alden started so well, that Henderson, um, probably needed a rest at the start of the season, you know, because of the World Cup and was yeah, yeah. a little later coming into it because of that. It, it's like, it's a luxury for Klopp that he can slowly integrate Fabinho and Cater into the team and I think over time they will become regular starters but it's as we've seen is they're slightly different demands and and it's letting players have that time to to pick up exactly how they they need to be utilized and and it's I think it's the tactical approach of Klopp you just look at look at Ox it took a little time for him to become a quite a regular starter Robertson didn't get started for a few months into last season so mm. yeah the whole selection thing, perhaps people are getting a little bit too hung up on it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the midfield's obviously the, the key area in this, but I think we've seen, I think the first three games we saw with Katie he was per, near perfect. I know there was a couple if he passes, especially in the Crystal Palace game. Uh, but since then, I think his defensive work has gone, it's been a bit more exposed as, as the uh, opponents have got better, and September was definitely, definitely harder. I, in in my opinion, and I think the League Cup game sums it up quite well because we did see the worst and best of Kater because we saw him really expose um, Albi Moreno who, who got a lot of flack for that game, but Kater wasn't doing his defensive responsibilities the way we've seen Milner do it, and um, he was obviously really good going forward, and that's why people like him. But if you don't have the defensive responsibility in our midfield of of a Gini or a Milner who tend to play the um, the, the wide eight roles, you, you can't play in the system because you don't want you don't want your Trents and your your Robos, your your Kleins and your Albies getting exposed. I mean, we, we were playing William and Hazard in in the League Cup game, and it was very important the role that Milner did in terms of limiting. He didn't have he didn't have his best game, but Milner still played an important role in helping Robertson. Yeah, it's a fair point. You know, it's you know we were a quality team and we're doing well, but we're still evolving. Um, I tell you, you know, for all that the Leicester performance was wasn't the greatest. The two-one win away at the Spurs, the scoreline does not do the performance justice at all. I mean, that for me could have been a comfortable four-five-nil or if you like four-five-one uh, result. It it was such a good performance for. You know, probably what eighty-five minutes or something like that. It was, uh, it was a, it was a, a commanding and dominating display. Yeah, absolutely. It was, um, it was very controlled, um, and that, that, that's probably the concern is that um, the front three hasn't been clicking and putting them chances away. That's probably one of the takeaways from September, and I think this game highlighted it so well that I, I, I even got the stats in front of me, but. Um, we should have won this game comfortably, and in the end, it could have easily been two all. Because I'm, I'm not sure if you remember Andy, but they probably had a stonewall penalty in the last second of the game. Um, and yeah, I think that was a real heart and mouth moment. But I think maybe karma played a part in this one because I'm sure we all remember the famous um, Spurs game last year when we had John Moss asking what was on the TV screen and other other garbage like that. So maybe we. Got, yeah, maybe I, got I didn't. I've no idea. Yeah, sorry. I, I I've no idea what happened, but I'm just going to give a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, ah, so bloody lately, and that, that's that's still the state of uh, refereeing in in the Premier League. Um, so yeah, I think we got I think we got the bet the uh, a piece of good luck in the Spurs game, but as you said, the the performance deserved the three points quite comfortably, and we didn't get it comfortably, but we got the three point three points, and that's all we ask for, and uh, we're still. Yeah. We're still joint top of the table, even even with these not worrying but mm, a bit off performances from the front three. Yeah, the, yeah, they they haven't quite clicked in. But then again, the next game of this uh, up in September was um, the Champions League, home to PSG. Oof. Obviously, a lot of focus, a lot of attention on this game. Uh, a little bit of pressure, you could say. The whole thing again, Klopp versus um, Thomas Tuchel. You know, 
out of the blocks. Like, wow, you know, two 0 up. Obviously, very disappointing to for it to come back to two two. I, I was, I was getting a bit disappointed because it was such a hard working performance. I thought we really were all over them and they couldn't breathe. We smothered them. We worked them into the ground. We exposed some of their frailties in terms of their teamwork. Um, but you know, little moments, they, they're able to show their quality, but I felt there was an area, there was a time period in the last sort of 20, 25 minutes where we were starting to look tired. But despite all of that, to come out of it with that injury time winner, I mean, just, just for pure adrenaline, that, that felt such a great night. It really just felt awesome. Yeah, it was like an almost a continuation from, well, let, let's say the semi-finals last year, because we all remember what happened in the final, not time to go there. Um, but it was like a continuation of, of our, of our run from last time. We had that mad Roma, Roma tie in both legs with horrendously mad, um, good and bad. Um, and this one, <clears throat> it was just that, it was that semi-final rolled in, rolled into, into one game because we, we were the much better side, but somehow it was too all, um, we had we had Daniel Sturridge starting for the first time in in a million years, and, and he was he was absolutely brilliant. We had James Milner and Ginny Wijnaldum outclassing. Pro, I'm not sure if it's the I'm not sure if it's the most expensive assembled team now, but it's definitely probably top three with the Manchester clubs. Um, and we had we had a free we had a free agent from Man City. And a mid and a winger who we made in a midfielder from Newcastle bossing one of the most expensive teams in the world and, and Henderson was, uh, was was brilliant in this game as well. I was just highlighting the other two because I thought they were just an extra level. Um, and it, it was such a good game and, and I think it was just sloppiness that got us two all, wasn't it? And then Bobby fortunately rescued us with a, with an absolute piece of magic and. Um, <laughs> We we said earlier the front three may not be in the best form, but they're definitely showing the quality in, in patches. I mean, Mo Salah's shown in patches. Man has not been had patchy start as well, but he's shown flashes of brilliance. And this this was Bobby's first moment, and I think this is that this is probably the moment and and uh, the the game after uh, where people were saying he's back now. He's after he's over his world. He's over his World Cup hangover. Yeah, that's it. It's, it's, that's it. thing for Bobby, is it? You know, we talked, mentioned earlier about, you know, Henderson, because of the World Cup, um, wasn't brought into the team immediately. But obviously, Firmino, I guess his importance to the side and the system and the key role that he, he plays, that he was in there from the very beginning and hadn't, like you said, you know, hadn't quite looked himself. But yeah, he's starting to uh, get back into it. And the next game, the 3-0 win at home to Southampton, um, I'd say an easy Three points, really. It, it very, was, very comfortable. It was the most boring 3-0 win I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> that's game, weird, that's I honestly weird thought, yeah, it was, well, like 20 minutes in, it's 2-0. Uh, I thought 10 minutes, we, the first 10 minutes, we were all over them, you know, really, really testing them and made them uncomfortable. They they come with a game plan, obviously. The early goal completely throws out their game plan. At 2-0, I thought, that's it, game over. We're winning this game. Even if they score, we're still winning this game because this Southampton team. Yeah, well, this yeah, but this Southampton team they don't have many goals. They might score once, but that's probably it. And so I thought that's it. We're winning this game. Twenty minutes in, and I felt comfortable. And yeah, oh, it was all it was done and dusted. That goal just before half time. That's it. Three nil. Second half was purely about saving energy. It was um, it was quite pleasing to be honest. Yeah, absolutely, and this is obviously the game where uh, we had a, a couple changes with with Matip coming on and scoring and playing quite well, and obviously Shakiri who kind of stole the limelight, even though he already played the first half, he he was pretty much involved in everything, and I think this is one this month shown that we do have trusted backup now. Um, Surridge obviously had his PSG moment, and he was he was um, excellent in the Chelsea games. Um, and Shakiri shown shown in this game that he 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 has a lot of quality. I mean, he was obviously taken off at half time for tactical reasons, but he he went on to play full ninety in the midweek game, and it's just nice having this trusted backup because I don't want to be I don't want to be put, <laughs> uh, looking back too much at last season. But when when you had Solanke and Ings coming off the bench, you were just like, ugh, they're not going to do all other. Whereas now we've already seen the impact of Sturridge. He's probably done more this season already than. Than hit that 
<laughs> than Origi did at Wolfsburg. That's Solanke did here and Ings did here already. It's just mad, uh, and it's such a good it's such a good feeling having these trusted backups now. And it's it's not just the forward line. You, <clears throat> midfield there's loads of options, and, and defence. I think you've got we've got a completely decent back four um, backup, but we'll probably talk about them <laughs> or in the midweek game where it didn't go to plan, but there's still good players there. Yeah, well, what about that um, that League Cup defeat home to Chelsea then? Uh, I didn't watch the game. I, I was working, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, we had, yeah. <laughs> we we had we had the chances to have buried them before they uh, before they obviously scored. I mean, that, that late goal from Hazard, you've got to say it was quite amazing from a sensational player, but some awful defending in there as well. Um, what what was the game like? Um, it was a bit topsy turvy. I think we had both had spells of dominance. Um, the first thirty minutes was horrendously worrying from a Liverpool point of view because um, we just didn't have any control. Cesc Fabregas was literally rolling back the years and taking the mick out of our team. Um, Victor Moses. I mean, this is probably seem like I'm making excuses for Moreno, but I've never seen a winger have that many one-on-one situations with a full-back at Liverpool, probably since the Brendan days. It, it, it was just weird how how you look at, the, look at the team in the Premier League, and then I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about Kate, it's just the, the midfield wasn't doing their job defensively, defensively and unfortunately the defence suffered from that. I mean, Moreno wasn't good, I'm not going to defend him, but he was highly exposed. And then after the 30 minutes, there was a tactical switch, I think, for Benio ended up pushing forward to to, uh, to press um, Fabregas and it kind of just switched the entire game um, and, and we obviously got back in, back in the game with, with Sturridge who, who missed an open goal just before and then goes on to score a bicycle kick that, that's how the game works Andy <laughs> and then as you said um, it was weird I think we, we talked about Fabinho getting used to the you're getting used to the uh, the system and, and the league and stuff like that, but as soon as he went off, the game kind of switched, and I think that was probably the biggest takeaway for me is that Henderson went back into the six, and he was doing so well in the number eight role, so hopefully that's something that Klopp can now consider as an option, because I think all of us want to see Henderson back as a number eight, whether he can do it physically or not, but I think it just suits him so much better, and we saw that in the game, that Fabinho and Henderson worked really well in midfield, um, but as soon as as soon as the midfield rejigged, Hazard just took control, and he, he absolutely just took the mick out of Albi, he took the mick out of Firmino, he took the mick out of Kerr, so yeah, that that was just a piece of magic, and um, I doubt we'll see that back for a midfield combination again, to be honest. Mm, yeah, that's... Yeah, I guess we'll have to see who knows how things will will pan out. But again, the good thing is, obviously, we've got a manager who's willing to learn and take lessons and and develop things and work with players. So, um, you know, it's it's all it's all money in the bank. It's it's a defeat, but yeah, as you said, you know, it's a league cup. So if we're not going to win it, I'm not too worried because it's just less games um, when we've got more important competitions coming up. And you know, I want to win trophies, but uh, there's nothing I want more than that league title and then the Champions League. So um, I'm afraid League Cup comes bottom of the uh, priority pile for me. So last game of the month, um, 1-1 away to Chelsea. Uh, unfortunately, missed again, another game I missed through uh, through work. Um, it's annoying when work gets in the way of, uh, of football, but there you go. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills. Uh, 1-1, you, you mentioned at the top of the show, uh, credible draw, and I, I think... There's not absolutely nothing wrong with uh, with a one-all draw taking the point away from Chelsea at Stamford Bridge, considering the, the way that they've started the season. Because I think they have shown occasionally some frailties when you've pressed them. But, um, I mean, Klopp has, has waxed lyrical about um, Sarri, the way that he's, he, you know, he's so quickly transitioned this team and settled and got them working under under his tactical approach, so they're impressive. They're they're in a really good run of form, um, and Hazard has been fantastic in, in recent weeks. So, yeah, it's it's certainly not the end of the world. And and that goal by Storage, wow. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert. Let's not guess what's going to get goal of the month, Andy. <laughs> well, maybe yours. Oh. 
Oh, well, that's intriguing. We'll come to that. <laughs> we'll come to that. But uh, yeah, what, I mean, what a game! What a, what a what a weird game, and what a great moment for Daniel Sturridge. I mean, I think people have kind of turned on him because his body's let him down and stuff like that. But I, I've always loved that bloke. Um, he, he's such a such a good player, and I mean, an eighty percent eighty percent of the thirteen fourteen Sturridge is still one of the best strikers in the league in my book. And I think he's shown shown it this season. I mean, he may not be perfect for the system, but God damn it, what a quality footballer! And he he just came on, and within three seconds, it just showed how much quality he has. And that goal, it's I, I was thinking I was thinking earlier that day actually, not many players could score a world in our team. Like you see, Moy will take on like five people. Not not many have a have an absolute thundercracker in them. It's and then Sturridge does that about two hours later, and I'm just like, yeah, yeah, he can do that. It's oh, it's such a such a good game, and as you said, Hazard is probably the player of the season so far in terms of the Premier League, and he showed it in he showed it in glimpses. But I mean, the other big takeaway from this game for me, me Andy, is Alison Becker's um, quality. Obviously, he probably could have done better on their goal, but. He, he he definitely made up for it in big time. I think he saved like three one on ones in that game, and I, I think I say that every podcast we talk about. Carius was Carius was good. Miggs was horrendous, and now we've got one of the best goalkeepers in the world. So it's just that improvement, and we're, we're seeing it now. We we finally seen him tested in a game properly, and he's capable of making these big saves. Yeah, progression. That, I mean, that's the thing. The name of the game is progression. And and we are progressing. We're progressing as a team, and and it's such a good start to the season. It's I know we can we can pick little bits and pieces here, but if you think that we're not really, we're probably not even out of second gear yet as a team. I know my, our midfield have played well, and some of our defenders have played particularly well so far this season, which is mm. quite pleasing actually. To but to think that we're in such a good position in the Champions League and in the Premier League without our front three, even finding the the. In fact, you, you'd be hard pressed to say they've got out of first gear this season. So, yeah, you know, you've got to take that as a positive, really, haven't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it it's just it's just wonderful how how you can see we're un- well, we're still undefeated in in the league, and we, I think we're joint top on 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 the well, I think City are ahead of us on goal difference, if I remember correctly, and. Aguero's been playing really well for them. Sterling's been playing really well for them. And Sane, after his weird start to the season where he wasn't getting picked, he seems to have came in in very good form. Whereas we can say Mane started off all right, but he's kind of gone back a bit. Salah's looked off the boil apart from an odd spurt. And Firmino's had, like, one good game in the Premier League. And that's probably about it. So we, we've just not, so we've not seen that link. And I think Sturridge is... I think Sturridge is our total goal scorer overall. I think, and Possibly. and I don't think anyone was like, well. I think he's outscored Lukaku. So there's there's a fun stat for you. <laughs> uh, um, Not setting yeah. the bar too high. No, no. But if he's outscoring Salah and stuff like that, it's just, it's, it's such a good sign. Um, and hopefully, uh, I, I I don't think it was this bad in terms of all three of them last season, but. Salah especially, I think this was ta- this was the time where he kind of exploded onto the scene. So if they click it, click in this game against Man City, that's coming up, and then then we have the two easiest fixtures in the league. I think it's t- it it it's almost perfect time for the for the front three to click back into gear. Yeah, let's hope October is the time where, where we you know in a month's time we're talking about October being the month where the uh, the, the front three started to work their way through those gears. Um, now, you mentioned Sturridge's goal, so let's move on to our awards then. First up, goal of the month. That absolutely stupendous and beautiful technique of St- uh, Daniel Sturridge's goal away at Chelsea in the Premier League. Is that your goal of the season? Uh, goal of the season? That's a bit early. Is that uh, your goal uh, yes. of the month? <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it, it just has to be for me because it was such a it's such an important moment. I, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna guess, but I think I know which other one you're gonna pick. But I think this one just trumps it because I I do love an I do love a worldie rather than uh, taking on people. I I love one from distance. Yeah, well, I'm gonna go. 
just to be a little bit different and I guess in a way just because of the emotion that it brought and the timing of it and the opponents and everything like that but that Firmino injury time winner yeah. against PSG I, I'm going to I'm going to pick that one out even though as much as I love the story's goal and the technique is just absolutely exquisite yeah I'm going to pick a, I'm going to pick uh, Bobby's goal just for that's the one I oh my pick. god I went absolutely <laughs> mental with that goal and I think there was millions of other people probably doing the same at the exact same moment it was just there was I don't know there was something kind of magical about that moment yeah yeah absolutely it was it was almost better than winning comfortably 2-0, wasn't it? Which probably the performance deserved. But when you get a late goal, it just adds that extra spice to the moment. And Bobby just made it made that game more special and more memorable, I think. Because that's probably the first time we played PSG as this incarnation of PSG. So it, it, it's just putting our place on the world elite level. Maybe PSG not as good as they were, but I know they were missing half a team. But... What, what a moment that was. And we're only two months into the season. We've had so many moments already. <laughs> yeah, that's it. It's, it's all about the, the opponents just added an extra layer to that goal. It was, uh, anyway, two, two phenomenal goals. Um, so there you go. Right, player of the month, though. Who, who are you going to pick for this one, Guy? Because I, I think there's there could be a few contenders for this one. Oh, I think... You've obviously given your spoiler out who you're going to pick, so I might do someone different. Um, I'm going to pick Daniel Sturridge because I think he's gotten us over a good few lines. Um, the Chelsea moment, obviously, he, he was the only threat against Chelsea in the Cup as well. So I, I'll pick Daniel Sturridge because I think he's played an important part this, this month. But I, I'm just saying that to be different because I know who you're going to pick and I fully agree. <laughs> Actually, as that that's a really good shout because he was very good. I, I know some people didn't necessarily rate his performance against PSG, but I thought he played well. Well, they uh, are wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're entitled to your opinion, but you're wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, there's that one. Obviously, like you say, you know that that bicycle kick against Chelsea uh, and looks so dangerous, and the 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 goal away at Chelsea. You know, important moments from such a quality player. I love stories to bits. And it's so great to see him back and looking so healthy and so hungry and long may it continue. But yeah, I did give that spoiler away. So, um, you know, everyone's drinking Ribena and, and I said, look, he's, he's, he's playing, in my opinion, he's playing the best football of his career, quite comfortably the best football of his career because I think he's, he's positionally, he's improved so much in central midfield. Uh, and his energy and and the bite and he's just I don't know he's grown in stature. Uh, James Milner, my September Player of the Month. Um, I think he's been excellent. He's had such a great start to the season, and it's it's a real bonus, a real bonus for the team, for Klopp, and you know people are just loving him. It's it's almost like ever since he he, uh, he came to Twitter, that's it. That's that's his career restarted. He, he may be wishing he'd joined Twitter when he was 21. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we do forget that sometimes he isn't he, he isn't actually human because he is definitely a Terminator sent from the future. He, he can't he can't be doing this. I mean, he, he looked he play, like I think they say it on Raw all the time. Um, he, when he runs, he gets short like an old man. That is. He shouldn't be this good at football, though. He should be. He should be cutting it. Should be getting the slippers out ready for his retirement. But he, he is. He is getting better each season. I mean, I think it's well documented. Uh, documented my feelings on, on Milner for the first two seasons, especially the left back season. Um, but no, the, these last two seasons, or last eighteen months, shall we say? Because um, I think he only played like the second half of last season. But he's been really good since since January last season. He started this season on fire. He's probably been one of the best midfielders in the world, if, in the Premier League, if not the world. Yeah, he has, and it's quite mad. So yeah, so there, there's there's our uh, September awards uh, all done and dusted. So uh, time now for a special update from the LFC Women's. We're joined by BBC broadcast journalist and friend of Anfield Index, Emma Sanders. Hi, Emma. It's lovely to speak to you once more. Hi, Andy. Nice to be back. Yeah, so we, we've, we've had you on the show before, and we, a long time ago when it was just me and V. 
Yeah, it would have been, yeah, several months ago now. Yeah, but, you know, you're reaching the dizzy heights now, so obviously, you know, happy <laughs> to make time for us people like me. Oh, we get that far. I'll always be there for you, Andy. <laughs> ah, we'll hold you to that one day. <laughs> anyway, Emma, we're calling on your expertise because uh, it's time for an update from LFC Women. Now, it's been uh, a little bit of a tumultuous start to the campaign for, for the ladies' side of things because... There has been a brand a rebrand, I should say, from uh, LFC Ladies to LFC Women. Uh, there's been a lot of turnover in terms of the playing staff. There was a change of manager, and then the manager's gone again. I mean, a, a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, the club's in a bit of turmoil, to be honest with you. Um, like you said, there's been a bit of a rebrand, which a lot of the ladies' teams, or women's teams, as, as we should now call them, um, across uh, the WSL have been doing. Um, I don't think it makes too much of a difference. I think it just adds a bit more of a professional um, side to, to the brand, the fact that they're now called LFC Women. So that hasn't really changed too much. Um, but yeah, in the summer, Scott Rogers, who's been in charge for several years now, um, he was the assistant manager under Matt Beard when uh, Liverpool went back-to-back WSL won titles uh, back in 2013 and 2014. Um it hasn't really worked. It didn't really work for him. Liverpool sort of were finishing mid-table when they were hoping to be challenging at least in the top three or four. So he went in the summer, and that seemed like that was inevitable, really. Um, but then a lot of the international players left. You know, huge stars like Gemma Bonner, who's the captain, who was around for years. Um, she was the spine of that Liverpool squad. She she moved on to Manchester City. Um, Caroline Weir, Scotland international. Uh, an extremely talented midfielder. She went along to Man City as well. Um, Sophie Ingle, Welsh international vice captain. Um, really big names, Siobhan Chamberlain as well, the goalkeeper. So they had, you know, they had had to bring in a lot of new players. Um, but Neil Redfern um, came in as manager. He did well with Doncaster Rovers in the Women's Championship the season before, and he brought along a lot of that team with him and uh, brought along the captains and and tried to sort of build a nice base. Um, and then the first game of the season, Liverpool faced the newly formed Manchester United in, in the Cup. They lost 1-0. That wasn't too much of a shock considering Manchester United have obviously got an extremely strong team. They've, they, you know, they, they're fielding players who are WSL1 calibre. They had obviously ex-Liverpool fullback Alex Greenwood, who's an England international at left back and you know she provided the assist in that game and was a game turner and then they lost 5-0 to Arsenal um, in the first game of the season and Neil Redfern walked after that game so that came as a huge a huge shot to everyone you know he'd spent all that work in the summer trying to rebuild the team and then he leaves after two games but from my understanding is that he was given promises of more support from the club uh, perhaps a little bit more money uh, a little bit more investment into sort of training facilities, etc. Um, and he felt that he wasn't delivered what he was promised. Didn't feel that he could do the job that he hoped he could come in and do and felt that without that kind of support, it was a bit of a lost course, really. So that was why he made the decision to walk. And uh, since then, Chris Kirkland took over for the game against Durham for the cup game, which Liverpool won on, on penalties after drawing three all. And then Vicky Jepson, the first team coach, she's come in and she's done a brilliant job um, overseeing the last two games. You know, they got a, a nice late win against Brighton and they lost very na- narrowly to a very good Reading side the other day. So it's starting to look up a little bit, but there's still plenty of work that needs to be done at Liverpool. And it's certainly worrying times for the supporters because at the moment there's just no stability there. Yeah, there are, I've seen there's been a few rumblings around... Um online about about um, you know almost accusations i suppose you could say uh, that the club hasn't really uh, supported the the women's team enough do, do you think that there's any kind of foundation in that or do you think this is just it's too early to say and, and this obviously there's there's a lot of transition that the club's going through at the moment no i completely agree that i don't think the club is supporting the women's side enough i think that's been the case for at least a year or so now, if not longer. Yeah, it was it was a strange one, really, because the, the ladies' section formed with the men's, I think it was in 2015, on the back of, of those two title-winning seasons. Um, and Liverpool were, obviously, you know, 
after winning the league, they were essentially the best team in England. Um, but while other teams around them started to invest, like Manchester City, obviously, and um, Chelsea and Reading, uh, Bristol, those kind of teams that started to build up, uh, Liverpool just sort of didn't really do anything. And um, it's, you know, they've paid the price for it, really, because Liverpool since then have sort of slowly dropped down the table. And, and now that that they're not competing for trophies, they're not in FA Cup finals. So it's been it's been a big drop in the space of, of three years. So there's obviously something that's going wrong. And obviously you would you would point to the financial side of it straight away, really. Yeah, it's a real shame that, isn't it, in the, the way that uh, the times are moving on uh, and there's so much more focus on women's football. Obviously, with the England team, mm. have done quite well. Media getting behind them more that you'd, you'd expect a club like Liverpool to to offer a lot more support to, and, and to, I want to say, is it fair to say move with the times in in really getting behind the, the women's side of it much more than they have been? Yeah, that, that's it really. You know, like I said, Liverpool were one of the, the biggest teams. They were one of the, the front runners in women's football in, in England and obviously the size of the club that, that the men's are and how successful the men's are at the moment. It, it You know, it's just such a shame that, they're not building on that success that the women seem to to have in in the early years of of you know when the WSL was formed. So yeah, it, it is a real shame. But hopefully, um, on off the back of obviously England are qualified for the 2019 World Cup in France. Um, hopefully, if if they have a successful summer there, then more interest in the women's game can grow, and hopefully then people in the club might might see that as a good opportunity to then reinvest into the women's team but I think that's what everyone wants in the local area um, especially you know supporters of Liverpool they'd like to see the ladies section given some extra support as well yeah absolutely uh, and hopefully we can speak to you again in the near future and uh, for another update and, and we'll hear that things are moving much more positively yeah fingers crossed only time yeah. will tell <laughs> in the meantime I mean uh, you do uh, you're involved with the podcast on um, on Redman TV, is that right? And where there's there's a focus particularly there on the women's side of things. Yeah, I've I've done a I've done a couple of guest appearances on there. Um, yeah, Amy Lawrence and and Lauren Black have have done an excellent job there. You know, they're very new to the podcast world, um, but they you know they've done really really well to set up this uh, weekly Liverpool Ladies review on there and. Um, yeah, it's really great stuff. They they go along to the games. They've been doing Instagram stories, and yeah, head over there if if you want to hear some more information. And obviously, keep in touch with your podcast um, <laughs> for for updates as well. But yeah, I mean, any support for for people putting time into the women's game really needs to be um, really needs to be supported hugely because it's a bit few and far between at the moment. Yeah, here here. I mean, everything for Liverpool, not just the men's first team, the women's, the academies. Yeah, we support the club. We support everyone involved in the club. So let's let's get behind them. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for your time, Emma. Much much appreciated. And like we say, hopefully we'll get another update in the very very near future. And and even if you you, you can do, uh, we can do this as a regular thing. Well, hopefully, yeah. Let let me know. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Emma. It was great to speak to you. Pleasure. So our thanks to Emma Sanders there for uh, an update on LFC Women's. Uh, and like we said, hopefully we'll we'll hear again from Emma in the not too distant future and perhaps uh, see a more positive, uh, some more positive news from the LFC Women's. But it's time now for uh, an update on the academy side of things. So, Guy, I'll hand the reins over to yourself. Yeah, thanks, Andy. And it, it, it's been a weird month for for the under twenty threes, especially because I think always with the under twenty threes, you see some of the uh, the reserve players from the first team drop down, and, and we've seen we've seen a, a a contrast in results really. And um, I'll get through the results for September. Then uh, we lost at home to West Ham, which is probably disappointing because I, I think reading through the match report there, um, we seemed to play well and be the better of the team, but didn't couldn't uh, get the victory. Um, then we beat Swansea 3-0. Uh, this is a game where we had Solanke and Origi up front, if I remember correctly. So, kind of, yeah, up, ups the uh, quality in that one. Um, then, unfortunately, we got smashed away at Arsenal 4-0. Um, which, yeah, 
I didn't wa- I didn't watch any of the game because it's just the under twenty threes aren't aren't that great at the minute, and uh, the one game that wasn't on telly is the is the uh, Swansea game, um, <clears throat> and this Arsenal game, it it I think it just shows that maybe the under twenty threes are in in a bit of a in a bit of a, a weird state. They're in a bit of um, oh, what's the word? Just a bit stuck of a quandary. Yeah, yeah, that's probably the one. Um, because we obviously have Harry Wilson out on loan, the, the lads at um, Rangers. We seem to have a, a bit of a mixed bag and it's struggling at the minute. But no, it, it, it's it's a weird time. But then um, the last game of September, um, we beat Chelsea 3-1 away, um, which is obviously a big result because I think Chelsea's academy is well-famed for, for stockpiling young talent. I think they had uh, players like Lucas Piers on playing, who's obviously uh, played a few seasons in the, in the championship. So that's quite impressive. Uh, they had Hudson... Odoi playing, who people probably recognise from um, the much-famed pre-season form. Uh, I think he did well in the Charity Shield as well. So that's a big victory for the for the under-23s there. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, I think Matty Virtue, uh, probably not one who's uh, catches the eye all the time, but ju- just looking at the goal scorers, he seems to have stepped up and, and scored quite a lot of goals this season. He's, I think he's kind of developed from a defensive midfielder into more of a box-to-box, so that, that's good to see. And the under-18s, um, th- this seems to be a lot more promising because I think it's fair to say that the under-18s is in a lot more of a in a in a concrete state, and they ju- they just seem a lot more confident and, and can pick whoever they want. And uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent in in the under under-18s. I think it was similar um, for August as well. Um, <clears throat> so I'll, I'll start with the results. We we beat Stoke City two one away. Um, and then we went on to beat Newcastle at home 4-1. And then the big Champions League game, we beat PSG 5-2. And I think it's fair to say PSG has one of the most famed academies across Europe. I mean, even from us, we obviously bought Mamadou Saka, who's their youngest captain. We've seen like Timothy Weyer. Um, I think they've got a few few other lads like Uncuku, if I remember correctly. And I think PSG has one of the most fruitful academies across Europe, if I remember correctly. So that that's a... That's a good result. Um, then we beat Blackburn 4-3. Um, and then we beat Stoke 4-2 in the Cup. So the under-18s, it, it's just, it, it's very promising at the minute. So I haven't really looked through, through the performances of this one because, <laughs> unfortunately, I think the only game that was on TV was the PSG one, and I missed it because it was at three o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but no, it, 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 it's a good time for the under-18s, but I'm, I'm I'd probably say they're the more more interesting ones at the minute because the under twenty threes are kind of stuck in limbo, and the under eighteen seem to be developing well. I, th- I think the uh, Paul Glatzel and the Bobby Duncan uh, front two is, is is looking very promising, and, and it's it's good to see players like Tagzef who, who who caught a lot of eyes come back and um, hopefully he gets a bit more minutes. But yeah, the under eighteen is just chock uh, chock a block full of uh, full of talent. So hopefully they're on TV more. Um, Next month, uh, just well, having a look, the only game that's on LFC TV is the Man City one, which is on Saturday the sixth of October. So if you want, if you want to see the under 18s that'll be a good game against the Man City. Hopefully, we don't get battered because we did last year. And I think the Champions League games will be on BT as well, but I'm not sure because it doesn't have that listed properly. But if you do want to check out the under 18s that Man City one will be a big test for us and hopefully be a good game. So yeah, the under yeah. the under 18s are looking very promising, Andy. Yeah. Uh, and of, of course, if you do live in the area, um, try and get to get along to see them if you can. I believe if you're an LFC member, you can get them for free. So, or, or if not, it's very, very, very discounted. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's again like the women's. You know, it's um, if you can get along, support them. Let's support all, everyone involved with the club where we can. But I think one one thing from me, guy, would be that it, you mentioned, you know, a lot of under 23 players kind of going on loan, looking for that next step in their progression, you know, to prepare them first team football if they can, or if not, we're going to be moving them on. Is if, if we've got so much talent in that under 18 level, is can some of them players start stepping up into under 23 football? And, you know, can, can we start seeing mm. that for their next stage of progression? Do you, do you think that's a possibility through the season? Yeah, I think in. It, it, it's definitely a possibility. I think under-23s especially are struggling in the forward line because I think um, Miller and McCauley haven't really stepped up from the under-18s level. So it, it wouldn't surprise me if we see this um, Bobby Duncan and Paul Glatzel forward line um, get promoted sooner rather than later because I think that's what that's where it's struggling. 
Um, maybe that'll be your case until Rian Brewster's back. I think we mentioned him a couple of times. Uh, but if, if he's back in December time, I think that's the rumoured time. So maybe maybe we'll see one of the under-18 strikers trying to add a bit more goal threat to the under-23s because I, I think the forward line is just struggling for goals. And I think Bobby Adekanya is probably the biggest threat, but he, he's inconsistent himself. So probably one of them <clears throat> lads I mentioned can get promoted and then we'll see who can fill in in the under-18s because it's definitely... I think it's, easy, it's obviously easier for the under-18s and going to the under-23s you're playing against. Um, more more developed pe- play, uh, people and, and stuff like that and it takes a real talent to go from under-18s to, to the Premier League straight away and I think it, that's... Hi- to highlight that, Trent pretty much did that. He only played uh, a few games in the under-23s and he, he was fast-tracked to the... Uh, to the Premier League team, um, so yeah, it, it, the under twenty three is a, is a tougher league than the under eighteens to play in, obviously. Yeah, well, hopefully we do see more more examples of Trent over the coming years. It's great to see that progression yeah, within the club. Um, what, what about fantasy football then, guy? Um, where where are you on this then? Because um, I, I think I've, I've done okay, besides the fact that I barely touch my team because I always forget. <laughs> Um, well, me personally, I have 411 points. Uh, overall rank is 509,941. Uh, so yeah, I'm doing alright, I think. I'm, I'm not sure how, how that compares, but I'll, I'll go into the leagues as well, um, that we have. So this is, do, 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 do. So in terms of the Anfield Index League, I am sat in, 198th place, which isn't too great. Uh, You're above me though, because I've I've got 385 points and I'm I'm sat in 331st position. Oh, that'll do me, Andy. If I'm beating you, that's fine. Because <laughs> if you if you haven't touched the team for ages and I'm losing to you, I mean I'll I'll just get. I'm, I'm not sure. I'd be welcome back on the fantasy football pod. <laughs> I, I have to warn you though, I'm playing my wild card this week. I'm making oh, all God. sorts of changes. Here comes the 300 points from Andy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what about highest? Any any tips for players to pick though? I mean, as in LFC ones, mm. um, because I I've said and I look, I, I'm quite superstitious. Um, I try not to pick Liverpool players in my team because against just superstition and things. They seem it seems to go wrong for players when I pick them, um, and I'll pick certain opposition players just on purpose to put the curse on them. Oh, wow. um, but I, I do have to warn you, I think Trent is going to be going into my team. Yeah, that's definitely a good shout. And um, I think the, the weird thing is that I think everyone has Trent or Robertson. But with our fixture list after the City game, I mean, we've got Cardiff and Huddersfield. That should be two clean sheets. So there's probably a there's probably a shout to get both Trent and Robertson, even Allison, if you want something a bit different. Yeah, well, I'm just lo- sorry, just looking at them. I mean, Trent five point one million, he's got thirty six points. Robertson six point three million on forty three. So obviously, the way Liverpool play with the full backs, mm. you know, that there's high chances of assists, certainly from them too, the way they're involved in it. So and and you mentioned Allison there, five point six million, not the highest priced goalkeeper, but he is one of the highest. In terms of goals, uh, tons of point scoring on 33, but th- there's a few anomalies in there. Is the goalkeepers who have had a penalty save, but you know he's a regular <laughs> consistent scorer. <laughs> yeah, he's a he's a regular, you know, a consistent point scorer at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, I think we've had uh, on paper at least the the toughest fixture running so far. So if the fixtures get easier after City, imagine what our defensive record will look after that. Um, so, yeah, I'd recommend um, having two defensive players, goalkeeper included. And then the front three, this was a big topic on, on this week's fantasy in terms of the front three, and I think it's fair to say that we were quite conclusive in the fact that Salah's still the one award, even though he cost more than the rest. But, as I said, th- these two fixtures coming up after the City game, I mean, if Salah can't score against them, maybe he was, maybe he is a bit broken. Uh, yeah, but, well, Mane yeah. is nine point nine and Salah's twelve point nine, but they don't. They're both listed as midfielders. That's right, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you get you get more points per goal for a midfielder rather than a striker. And I think with Firmino, he's not having the best time in front of goal, so maybe it's time to move off of him. But um, yeah, 
I'd, I'd, I'd try and get Salah in for these two fixtures, especially. I mean, even against Man City, I'd keep him because he does, he does love a goal against Man City. Even in that uh, the five 0 loss, he, he, he was the promising light, wasn't he? Yeah. So, so still, still plenty going on. And as you said, there the there is if you love your fantasy football, there is a specialist fantasy podcast yeah. on on the Anfield and, Index podcast channel. And the person winning the Anfield Index League at the minute is. Tiki Moore Salah Richard Merritt, well done for winning it, for being top at the end of September. Uh, I doubt me and Andy will be seeing you in the league. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be like that uh, Mourinho Mimi, you know, with, uh, with, with like Liverpool, <laughs> no, the, the Liverpool, Liverpool Chelsea City, and then there's a massive gap when you scroll oh, down yeah. to see uh, Mourinho gazing up. Yeah. So we'll be in the role of Mourinho there, gazing right <laughs> up that table. Yeah, absolutely. And Neil C is winning the AI Contributors League, where I am sitting in 10th, but that's probably not telling the whole story there. <laughs> <laughs> right. What about a bit of trivia? Do you want, do you want a bit of trivia, guys? Oh, go on then. Go on. A bit of trivia for October then. Um, as we record this, it's actually the beginning of October, so this has already happened, and you probably heard about it. You've seen the little video of the team training ahead of the Napoli game. It was Alisson and Roberto Firmino's birthday on the same day. How about that? Eh? Two Brazilians uh, sharing a birthday, just a year apart. So they're 2nd of October. Uh, former Liverpool coach, well, former Liverpool player, coach, manager... Uh, legend at the club, uh, Roy Evans, uh, on the 4th of October, born 1948. Um, there's quite a few, actually, early October. The 6th of October, Bruce Grobelaar, fantastic goalkeeper. I love Brucey. Uh, born 1957, 7th of October. Uh, Trent, he turns 20 years old. Isn't it mad to think Trent is only 19? What a player he is already oh, and God. what a player he could turn out to be. Uh, Sammy Hupia. Uh, shares a birthday with him. He was born 73. Uh, the 10th is Shakiri's birthday. So there's quite a few birthdays this month from uh, from the Liverpool squad. Good good job none of our agents have much. Yeah, yeah, too, is it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, the 20th, uh, Ian Rush, all-time record goal scorer and one of my early heroes. Uh, he was born on the 20th of October 1961. And the last one we've got in October, just for you, especially for you, Guy, on the 30th of October, it's Ragnar Clavan's birthday. Oh, what a day. Yeah. What a day so, that is. A Clavan day. A special one there for Guy. Um, here's a few ones for you. From, so, in October of 1991, Rob Jones made a very memorable debut against Man United, uh, just 48 hours after signing from Crewe. What a what a um a right back he looked like he was going to be. Unfortunately, injuries uh, hampered his career. But yeah, it was it was October of '91 against Man United that he made his Liverpool debut. Uh, another former Reds fullback, uh, Phil Neal, back in October of 1974 is when he signed. Uh, he went on to have went on to have one of the most illustrious careers in English football, winning 17 major honours including eight league titles and four European Cups. What a career, and uh, what a good player he was. Much underrated. And finally, Ray Houghton. What a cracking midfielder he was for Liverpool in my favourite LF, ever LFC team of that 87-88 side. Uh, he signed for Liverpool in October of 1987 and made his debut. So there, bit of trivia there for you, Guy. Yeah, you just mentioned loads of players I've not seen because I'm a young gun. <laughs> uh, wait, give it, give it a year, and we'll be talking about like thirteen, fourteen, and stuff like that. I'll be grand and the rapper era, but yeah, all, all all great players you've mentioned there, and uh, hopefully uh, we this team can create memories like them ones. Yeah, that, that's the thing. Yeah, let's you know we've got some we've got some great history, and we've had some great players, and it's nice to look back and and let's hope that. We are creating history ourselves and uh, future generations will be able to look back on this season and, and more from Klopp and say, remember that team, weren't they amazing? Look at all the trophies that they won, that would be nice. And I can, I can do some trivia in 10 years' time from from that that eighteen nineteen season. So there you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right then. <clears throat> uh, we can't put it off any longer. Prediction time. So last part of the show... Uh, we've got to make our predictions for October's uh, Premier League games. 
and there's no other way of putting this guy but right now after two months you are absolutely smashing this head-to-head between myself and you Good uh, stuff. yeah liverpool leicester obviously liverpool won two one you predicted that exact score line i predicted a draw so you got full points and i got zero Boom. Uh, Liverpool Spurs, uh, we both predicted a 2-1 defeat, but Liverpool 1-2-1, so we both got zero from that. Then Southampton game, it was 3-0. You predicted 3-0, which yes. is kind of freaky. Uh, I predicted 2-0, so you got three points, I got one. And then finally, uh, Liverpool-Chelsea, you predicted 2-1. I predicted 3-1 to Liverpool. Obviously, the score was 1-1, so we both got zero for that. So that means you now have 11 points, and I have four. Oh, so yes. it's going to take an unbelievable turnaround <laughs> for 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 uh, me to overtake you, even at this early stage, but, hey, who Building knows? that lead. It's like yeah. Liverpool and Man United. Yeah, oh, God. Don't put me <laughs> in the you've, called, you've called yourself Josie and Man United. <laughs> No, you call me Man United. Yeah, that'll do. Yeah. Right then. Um, October, there's not a lot in terms of um, Premier League fixtures. Obviously, there's there's Champions League in there, but just for our predictor on the Premier League then, uh, Liverpool, Man City this weekend. What is your prediction for this one then, Guy? Oh, horrendously tough game to judge, isn't it? But I think think we'll win because we're at home and I'm going to go 3-1 to Liverpool. 3-1. Okay, I know we normally do well at home against them, don't we? And it kind of flips sometimes away. I don't know why, just we've done so well, uh, and it's almost expected now, um, that, I don't know, I've got this funny feeling that it's going to be turned on its head. I'm going to go for them winning 3-2, and I'm superstitious. So me predicting Man City to win, which I always do when we play them, so me predicting a Man City win means that Liverpool will win. So there is there is logic in it. I'll allow it. Honest to God. Unless we lose, then it's your fault. Yeah. Um, after that, we, there's a, an international break, but there's yeah. Huddersfield. So Liverpool, Huddersfield, come on then, guy. 5-0. 5-0? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think they're going to be fairly tight. But I'm gonna go for a three. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go for a three nil. And also, as you've mentioned as well, we play Cardiff. So come on then, Cardiff, five, Liverpool, five Cardiff. nil again. Five five nil again. We're winning ten nil over this game. <laughs> I hope you're right. Um, I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna say three one. How's about that? We'll, we'll, I can't be having Cardiff score against us. No, no <laughs> but I've, I've got to be slightly different, haven't I? So there you go. So there's there's our predictions, and and there's the end of the show. Another one done. It's, it's already going so quickly, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Life's just passing you by. It's mad, isn't it? So, well, you know, uh, another positive month then, do you think? Hopefully, it's at the end of October, we can look back and say, wasn't that great? Um, well, if if we screw this up, I mean, we've got Red Star, Belgrade, Cardiff City and Huddersfield Town. If we don't win the majority of games, something's gone really wrong. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it'll be a positive month and the, so much depends on the Man City game because it, it, it's already looking like a title deciding six-pointer, isn't it? I know it's only early in, but I mean... To go, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be undefeated by that. Well, no, that's the first game, isn't it? So, <clears throat> it's such a big point because both teams will be undefeated in the league and hopefully, hopefully we are the ones to break their, um, their record. Yeah, that's it. There's, look, I mean, looking at it, yeah, October and November, there aren't too many games back to back to back. You know, it doesn't really kind of start to congest till, till December. So, yeah, hopefully we should be still fresh and firing and, and like mm-hmm. you say, you know, we can look back on in a month's time, we can be looking back at October and saying, yeah, things are still going really nicely and then just keep building and building and building. But uh, Guy, that's that's just about it from myself and thee. 
yeah, absolutely. And we'll be back. Well, this podcast will be back next month, but we'll be probably on like two podcasts a week <laughs> with each other. <laughs> but no, it's yeah. bit, hopefully this, hopefully uh, next month will be good as the first two. Yeah. So, so thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll see you next month. But from from the self and guy, it's bye bye now. Network.